You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. All right, gamblers, let's get gambling. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast 2022 PGA Championship Preview. I'm the co-host of this shindig, Jeff Clark, sports betting analyst here at sportsbookwire.usatoday.com. And of course, I got my handicapping homie on the Zoom call uh, with me for this week, Nathan Beagle, a.k.a. Nate Dog. What's up, Nate? Oh, yeah. Glad to be back. Another week, another chance to uh, handicap golf. Can't miss it. Yeah, hopefully this tournament's a lot more profitable, at least for me, than the Masters was. I took a hit on the Masters, made some back. Uh, last week at the uh, Byron Nelson, but uh, recap real quick how how your Masters went. That's the last golf tournament you bet, right? Yeah, I honestly I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't ready for that. I I, I think I turned a profit. I know for a fact. Um, it was thrilling because I gave out Cam Smith to win it all, and then I wasn't I wasn't messing with that when he was one hole back of Scotty on round four. I was like, you know what, we're we're hedging this. Uh, Scotty was like, I think Scotty was like, it was like minus 140, I think, or something. I kind of forget, but all I know is I took my uh, my $20 I put on Cam Smith to win it all, and then I definitely hedged the mess out of that. So I came out profitable in that tourney nice, because man. of Cam Smith, and then he decided to implode, and I still won, so happy day. Hell yeah. Well, at least you profited in the Masters. It's tough betting these majors, um, but to help us do it, we're – Bringing in Golf Week analyst, the great Riley Hamill. What's up, Riley? What's going on, buddy? Not much. Just, you know, hanging in there. I'm a newer golf gambler. Um, it's really became like a passion of mine. I I can't believe how far I've come on, on golf gambling. You know, I my my bread and butter or what brought, got me into sports gambling, obviously, is team sports. And because I never played golf um, and never was interested in it because of which, I didn't even like consider it like a sport to gamble on. Then when I found out people were gambling on, I thought it was ridiculous. And then I sunk my teeth in the last year's masters with, um, we brought actually one of your boss, uh, your boss, Tim Schmidt, right? He's still the, the, uh, editing manager of golf week. He, uh, we brought him on our podcast and, um, he kind of helped pop my cherry in the golf betting and I, and I love it. It's like my favorite thing to do now. Oh, dude, it's so much fun because not only can you do it like before the tournament, but also you can do like live head to head before every single round. And I mean, really, if you catch one good winner a season, you're up. You got a lot of house money to play for or play with rather, which I love. So, yeah, the payouts are just best. so juicy. And just when it comes down to it with team sports, obviously you got player props, you got totals, you got stuff like that. But it's usually who do you like to win the game, right? With golf, yeah. there's just so many different markets to bet. Like you don't ever have to pick an outright winner and you can profit every single tournament. So I just, yeah, I thought the, I thought the coolest thing was when you were like, yeah, you can bet on them by their nationality. I was like, what? 
It's like there's no other sport where you can bet like Luka Doncic to have the most points for a Slovenian or something. <laughs> oh, and like, you better. That's, it's that's just, that was the coolest thing to me. And you better believe one of my best bets on here is the best South or the top South African golfer. Yeah, I I swear to God, you bet the best or worst top South South African every tourney. Damn right, I'm uh. I've cashed two of those. Uh, Christian Bazenhut actually is the guy who keeps profiting for me, um, and I'm probably gonna, or I'm definitely gonna be on him in this tournament as well for top South African. But we'll talk about that um, more uh, later on down in the podcast. But first, uh, let me just set up the set the table here before we start eating. So the 2022 PGA Championship um, obviously tees off Thursday, uh, May. 19th there's 156 golfer field um the course is southern hills championship course is in tulsa oklahoma it's we got a par 70 plays around 7,556 yards uh the defending champion voldemort will not be um will not be defending his title uh the greens are bent grass greens it's built on this hydronic system that's helped helping with the heating and cooling of the course uh, to like, I don't know, ease the conditions or keep the conditions um, right. Um, and um, I guess to kind of turn over to you, Riley, because this is, this is really where I'm going to lean on you is what makes this course, I guess, unique or what are some of the things that stand out to you most about this course? Yeah. So when you, when you talk about the sticker yardage, there, over 7,500 yards for a par 70 golf course that is long and they don't really help you out with the par fives either. Cause I think one of them plays like 635 yards. So that is a three shot hole. The golf course is awesome. Uh, Gil Hans came in and did a renovation in 2018, uh, kind of restored the bunkers to what they used to like, look like back in the, when it was originally opened in the late 1930s. Uh, and it's just incredible. All the rough around the green has been taken out. It's all really tight moan areas, which makes like Victor Hovland worse. One of the worst short games on the PGA tour. It's going to be a nightmare for him chipping all week. Cause he got these tight lies and you just can't do it. So that brings chipping. It's just so, so important this week. The greens are really tough. They're undulating. Um, the bent grass actually makes the putting a little bit. I want to say easier for the guys. It kind of levels out like a great putter doesn't have a, a huge advantage over like a bad putter. It kind of evens out, but this golf course is going to be phenomenal. Uh, the, I think the wind is projected to be up at least Friday to make it a little harder, but this golf course is the definition of a major championship golf course. Yeah. So the weather conditions right now are looking at, um, for Thursday, it's actually gonna be low nineties, uh, 17 mile per hour winds gets down to 88 Friday, 62, Saturday, then 72 Sunday with like mid teen wins is what we're looking at. So would you, when you're starting to like build your model or start to like, I don't know, look at the stats, Riley, are you focused on, on, on like moderate wind conditions? Are you mixing that at all into your handicap? Yeah, I'm not. So the temperature thing, I'm not too worried about that 62 in Tulsa this time of year is very surprising actually. Um, but the wind, yeah, once it hits like a certain amount, if it's going to be steady from, you know, 15 to 20 miles an hour, that's a pretty decent wind. And then I think it's supposed to gust some, like have gusts somewhere around like 40 miles an hour on Friday. So that's a lot of wind. So guys that hit it low, 
is going to be huge on certain days, like Neiman on Friday, that fits his ball flight really, really low. We saw Justin Thomas at the players on that Friday when it was blowing like 60 miles an hour. I think he shot like one or two under, which is incredible. So guys that are, you know, on the craftier side, hit it lower. Um, everybody thinks of the tiger stinger off the tee in windy conditions. He put a three iron and two iron in the bag for that kind of stuff because it is going to be windy. So I do pay attention to it a little bit. Uh, but it has to, it has to reach a certain, like if it's blowing eight all week, I don't really put it into anything, but if it's supposed to be mid teens, low twenties, then I started thinking about guys that play in the wind a little bit better. Gotcha. I was struggling to find comp courses to like use in the handicap, um, for this tournament. Um, what I got according to data golf, the, the similarity scores were Memorial TPC Scottsdale PGA West and Bay Hill. Do you have um, any any courses um, that you like better that 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 uh, more comparable to the Southern Hills course, or uh, how do you feel about the four that I just gave you? No, I like those because I use Data Golf too. So okay, I look cool. at a bunch of yeah, I look at a bunch of def- uh, a bunch of their stuff. I saw TPC Scottsdale on there, and I I like that one because Scottsdale you can. I don't want to say drive it all over the place, but the trouble is really when you get way out of line and to the desert, everything else is kind of fair game. The rough isn't that penalizing. And it's kind of the same way with this new Southern Hills golf course. After the renovation, Gil Hans opened up a lot of the tree lines. So there's a lot more space out there to hit driver. So I do like that one, uh, but data golf's the best. So when they, when they have stuff, they, they know what they're doing over there. All right, cool. I'm happy. I'm at least on the right page with this. So yeah. some of the stats that I put into my model, um, I, I went with approach because Duh, right? Everyone goes with approach. I'm looking yeah. at proximity, 175 to 200, and 200 plus because, according to all the experts, this is this is a second shot golf course. You got to be accurate off the tee, um, you know, to try to hit it in spots that make that second shot easier. But um, a lot of this tournament is going to be, I don't know, like the scoring of this tournament is going to be based on how you set up um, with your second shot. So I went with approach, proximity, 175 to 200 plus. I also went around the green because of the tricky revamped greens with those crazy runoffs. So, like you said, chipping is going to be key because if you're not landing directly on the green or precise, you're going to roll off, and you got to kind of make up for that. Um, I added scrambling in there because there are a bunch of sand bunkers, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, and I did shots gained in all major categories for difficult scoring and courses of 7,400 yards or more. I went through fantasynational.com for all these stats. I also looked at opportunities gained and bogeys avoided really based on simple logic of opportunities gained just means it gives you an opportunity, right, to hit the hit the putt, score, uh, or make a birdie. And really, I mean, it's tough to, like, differentiate between these guys and putting. Like, it's a fluky thing. So I think just having an opportunity is huge. And then obviously bogeys avoided like not having those mistakes and those mistakes can really snowball on you in a major. So those are the stats that I had in my model. I don't know uh, if you have anything to add to that Riley or, or you um, Nate, but I guess Riley first, what do you, what do you think no, about I, those stats? Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. My two, my two big strokes gain ones coming in were obviously approached. This is a second shot golf course. Like you said, finding the right angles off the tee to set your set yourself up, excuse me, in the best possible scenario to get the, cause that these greens are just so tricky that you need right angles. So I love the approach strokes and around the green, uh, scrambling percentage 
reps and save percentage are both going to be huge because you're going to hit it in green side bunkers and you're not going to hit every green. So you're going to really need to be able to get, get up and down. So sand game, huge chipping, huge. So I love all that. All righty. So let's talk about some of the favorites. Um, unless you had anything to add, Nate. All right. You guys covered that pretty well. All right. Perfect. So let's talk about some of the favorites and of course, Tiger Woods, but we'll start with the, uh, masters winner. A guy has been red hot in the tour right now and has pretty much solidified his spot as the top golfer entering the 2022 PGA Championship. Scotty Scheffler, which is going off at uh, plus 1,000, according to our uh, odds provider and sponsor of this podcast, Typico Sportsbook. Um, I, I'm i sure no one has any argument with the Scheffler number. I mean, this guy is the best in the biz right now. Um, do you see any value in it, though, uh, uh, Riley? Uh, the value is tough. I mean, this people, we've been saying it for a month that oh, there's no value there with Scotty Scheffler, blah, blah, just keeps winning. So I guess at some point it, anything just turns into value. Uh, but taking, a taking a guy at plus 1000 is really hard. Um, and that kind of scenario you, I would probably more look to maybe like a top five or top 10 for Scotty. If you like him that much, personally, I'm probably going to stay away from Scotty. Just because when you talk about these historic runs that guys go on in golf, go on in golf, you don't see them a lot. And for a guy to win back-to-back majors, five tournaments in like three months, it's just very, very rare for somebody to do that. So just because of that, I'll probably stay away from him. But uh, I don't, I don't hate top five value for Scotty though. Yeah, I'm. I'm now that I'm focusing on golf gambling, I'm gonna start looking at like futures and getting ahead of these numbers because the time to bet Scotty Scheffler was a few months ago and all these majors, sure. right? Now, yeah. like all the values dried up. But like, if you were someone that is like, no, I think Scotty Scheffler is gonna win. I'll put money on it. I'm not gonna hate that because hey, the guy is crushing it. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't hate that. Um, I do actually like Scotty Scheffler in a head to head matchup against John Rahm, who's the second favorite in this one. Uh, according to Typico, he's plus 1200 odds, but, uh, Riley and, and feel free to jump in whenever you, whenever you want here, Nate, I'm just kind of riffing here with Riley. He is a golf expert here, but, um, um, John Rahm second, uh, best odds at plus 1200 here. How do you like his chances in this tournament, um, Riley? Uh, John Rahm's always kind of an interesting one because for me, it's either he's very close to winning the golf tournament. He doesn't have a lot of finishes where he finishes like T13 like or T18 or something like that. It's either he finishes outside the top 30 or he's out there with a very good chance of winning the golf tournament. If you go back before, so we won the Mexico Open or the Mexico Championship rather, not the Open. Um, by one over Kirk Kitayama, Brandon Wu, Tony Finau. That I have a hard time putting anything behind because it was like a borderline like corn fairy tour event. Like there was yeah. no one in that field. I think he was plus 400 to win. So for Rom, that's almost a golf tournament you need to win or else it would kind of teach us like why didn't John Rom win that tournament. But if you go back further, T27 at the Masters in his small field's not great. T55 at the Players. He did have a top 20 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Outside the top 20 at the Genesis. So when it comes down to Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm, I definitely like Scotty more. Just because sometimes you just got to ride with the hot hand. Especially in matchups. Yeah, I, I got in my model, I got Scotty Scheffler ranked 4th. Um, and I have John Rom ranked ninth, obviously like who knows if my models, uh, spot on, but you know, feel looking at the top 
names on this list, I feel strong that I'm at least heading in the right direction. But um, I, I'm looking for Scotty Scheffler head-to-heads versus John Rahm just because I I think Scotty Scheffler is um, easily a better player than John Rahm. Uh, I probably shouldn't say it like that, but I, I do think it's um, I do think Scheffler is a better golfer, especially currently. That's not a hot take yeah, at all. Right. Um, right now, for sure. Right. Um, but in this field, Rom is 131st in around the green, strokes gain around the green, 112th in short game, and 118th in scrambling. Um, and one of the things I noticed mostly about Scotty Scheffler is just, like, how elite his short game is. Like, it's it's pretty nasty. So, like, those are two of the, or three of the, the, the metrics that I'm kind of most focused on. And Scotty Scheffler smokes John Rahm on them. So I'm looking to get him head-to-head, and I, I think you can get pretty much, like, even odds on their head-to-head. So shop around for that stuff. But um, are, are you not uh, – how do you feel about the idea of, like, going to Scheffler over Rahm or fading fading Rahm with some of these um, other top, top-notch top golfers and head-to-heads? No, you're you're right on with I, – I like Scheffler for sure over John Rahm. Uh, Scheffler's just got such a tight short game. Like when you when you think back of the final round of the Masters, the up and down on one, right? He misses the green uh, back left, I believe. Looked like an impossible chip. Sticks it to a foot, maybe tap in three. Fantastic chip on three. So the guy's got a very underrated short game. And he just, he, Scotty Scheffler does this thing that not many guys do on tour is instead of, like playing their golf swing, like always thinking about certain positions they need to be in throughout their golf swing to have a good shot. Scotty kind of just swings and just plays golf instead, which I think benefits have been major championships because, because he's not thinking about the swing. He's not thinking about anything else. He's just, how can I get this ball in the hole in less shots than the other guys? And he's doing that better than anybody right now. So love Scheffler over John Ron this week. All right, the next favorite on the list here, Rory McIlroy, plus 1,300. Uh, he's been playing really well lately. He's actually first on my model. Um, where did he get in the Masters? Second in the Masters, fifth at the Wells Fargo. Um, miscut at Valera, but whatever. Um, so we're, we're, do you see any value in Rory, either, I don't know, to place or to win or any head-to-heads? Yeah, so... I don't know if anybody's listening has ever listened to my podcast, Twilight Nine. I've been, Roy McIlroy has been my favorite golfer since I was like 12. Uh, so love Roy. I bet on him pretty much every major, especially the Masters. He's broken my heart multiple times. But love, I do, bias aside, love Roy this week. I think he's fantastic off the tee. He's obviously one of the longer players on tour, which helps it along track. Only worrisome part a little bit is approach, but most of his approach problems are with shorter clubs wedges are a big problem for him when you put long irons in his hand seven iron six iron five iron he's one of the best iron players on the planet so that helps a lot this week he's got a very underrated short game i think if you take the stats starting in 2022 so put the wraparound season behind starting in 2022 no one's been better stroke seen around the green than rory McIlroy. so Great short game. Underrated putter, I believe. He always comes with the stigma that he's a terrible putter. I'd say he's an average putter. And again, on these greens, it kind of levels out the field with putting. So I'm, I love Roy this week, 1,300. I'll be betting Roy at 1,300. Um, and it depends what kind of matchup you get because obviously anybody going up against Scotty's tough. But if you can get Rory versus JT, I like Rory. 
um, Rory against like Victor Hovland. I would love to take Rory against that matchup. So it's just whoever you can get it against. Depends. I feel like all the, the, the golf sharps and even like quasi sharps want to be sharps like myself are looking to, um, looking to attack Victor Hovland. It feels almost like too easy. You know, that's my one concern with fading, which him, is really. worrisome. Yeah. Because yeah, which he, is very worrisome. He obviously has the game to like put it together. It, shit, he can win a major, right? He is that good, but and oh, he's he's a. I almost said he's local. He's not local, but he went to school at OKC or um, um, OK State, so yep. he's got to be familiar with the course. But that's also one of those like hack um, um, handicapping angles, I think, as well. Like. I don't know. All these guys are pros. I don't really think like proximity, not proximity, but like how far you live from the golf course really matters that much. But um, according to my my stats here, Rory's first in approach on um, um, long golf courses with difficult scoring, um, first in ball striking. So like you're making good points there. And yeah, I mean, I have him as the number one rated golfer in this tournament. Um, I'm not... The, the lowest odds that I'm going to take here or the, the highest odds, depending on how you put it, will be Colin Markow, which we'll talk about in a second. But I don't hate a play on Roy McIlroy. Um, going to one of the PGA uh, Championship uh, winners back in. Hold on. Let me get it up here. Justin Thomas is plus 1,500 win. Um, he won it back in, oh, no, 2017. Uh, Justin Thomas, another guy that pops on my model, pops on everyone's model. I'm sure yours, Riley. How do you feel about his game coming into this one? Yeah, I love Justin Thomas. Um, obviously, he's looking. He's still looking for a second major championship. That's his one and only at Quail Hollow in 2017. But he's got the game that goes everywhere. I worry about the putter a little bit because when JT's putter goes cold, it goes ice cold and he can't make anything. But everything everything outside of his putter is so good great wedge player one of the better iron plans on tour i think he's what probably top five in strokes and approach i'm not i don't have the number in front of me but phenomenal iron player in the one day especially if the wind picks up this week in tulsa the one day that i think about all the time is the players on friday when he went around that golf course and just shot an impossibly low score and i think it was only like one or two under but in that wind when he was hitting knock down five woods from like 200 yards and he's just making this work the imagination this kind of weather at this kind of golf course could fit jt to a t so totally understand why he fits every uh, all the model because he's just gonna be one of the guys near the top come sunday i think all right we touched on a few of these names already but there's a bottleneck at the plus 2000 price point with colin marikawa dustin johnson cameron smith jordan speed victor hovland xander shoffley all priced at that i like colin marikawa i'll talk about that more in a second uh, Jordan Spieth is red hot coming into this tournament. I'm down on Victor Hovland. Not really excited about Cameron Smith. Xander Shoffley you can almost always talk yourself into. But do you see any value in any of those six names, um, Riley? Then we'll turn it to, to Nate. Um, maybe you obviously um, have some interest in Cameron Smith because you've profited off of him before. But Riley, first, any of those six names jump out to you? Oh, well, I'm with him. I, I cashed Cam Smith at the players for a nice little ticket. So that's always nice. So I love me Cam Smith. But um, looking at this right now, I don't know if I would touch DJ. I just don't think we've seen enough from him. Good high level golf of late, really, to put anything on there. Um, Jordan, again, at plus 2000 is a little surprising. I thought he was going to be lower than that, higher than that, depending on how you want to put it. I thought he was going to be right around in like the 15 to one range plus 1500. 
uh, especially after the last couple of weeks he's had needs the PGA to create, uh, get the career grand slam. I don't, I wouldn't touch Xander. I wouldn't touch Cantlay. I wouldn't touch Victor. So if you're looking for someone in this 2000 range, probably either Spieth or Kalmore Kawa is where I would probably go. Those two names kind of pop out at me at plus 2000 if I had to pick. Yeah, Spieth's game was looking really weird there in like March, February, but holy shit, has he turned it around recently? Yeah. Um, yeah. Any of those names pop to you, Nate? Or pop yeah, for you? Yeah, was actually the name that I looked up and I was loving in this tournament. Um, I probably, I have him down as my uh, my winner, but I'll probably play him at top five plus 450. I just think his game probably works really well with this course. So, uh, that's more so my play than the 2000, but the 2000 is a pretty good uh, payout too. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on the favorites, partially because I, everything that I've heard uh, or all the content I've consumed, like breaking down this this tournament, there's a high expectation one of these favorites are going to win it. That that really a long shot's not going to get there. I mean, I have a couple that I'm interested in, but it's really just like sprinkles, um, not putting much um, put putting much of my bankroll into it. Um, is there any like um, long shots that you want to like get off your chest now, or you can save until it picks the place, uh, Riley? Um, yeah, I got a couple. I don't know, like long shots to win. <laughs> yeah, we can just talk and picks the place if you want to do that. But real quick, actually, let's talk some Tiger Woods. Are you of the uh, of the school where you're just going to put a little bit on Tiger Woods to have a rooting interest, or do you think that's like throwing, uh, lighting money on fire? I think it's, uh, I think it's un-American if you don't bet on Tiger Woods <laughs> whenever he tees it up. Damn it. I love that you just said that. That's so wonderful. Yeah, I, I think, that in, I, uh, our master's preview was like, Hey, if, if we're not putting sprinkling on Tiger, can't, you can't watch it. You should be it's deported. Like religious. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed to watch golf. You shouldn't be allowed to play golf. He's there for a reason even if he has no chance, which I don't know if he'll win, but I actually do think he has a decent, decent chance at contending this week. But I do believe it is un-American if you don't bet on Tiger Woods, because if you, if it comes Sunday and he's like in the top five, he's one of the last tee times, you're going to feel like a dick Absolutely. So just bet on Tiger Woods. So come Sunday, you can be like, I did it. And then you have a rooting interest. Because regardless if you bet him or not, you're going to be rooting for him and if he's Correct. in that final group. So you might as well just have a little taste on, on Tiger Woods. And I not for not or not for nothing, but he was uh the last time a major was hosted at this course, he was the winner, right? It was the two thousand seven PGA championship. Yeah, he won the uh, 07 PGA Championship here. Which in Tiger Woods' years is like 400 years ago. But still, I mean, you know, if, right. if anyone could do it, it's obviously that alpha. If you put if, if you put $15 on Tiger Woods to win, just a little rooting interest, $10, 15 $15 pays out more than $1,000. Pizza so bet right put, there. Put $15 on Tiger Woods to win the PGA Championship, and if he wins, you'll be a happy person. And then you can live with yourself with the fact that you did it and didn't do it. <laughs> right on. All right, let's move over to picks the place real quick. Oh, well, not real quick necessarily, but I have um, I, I, I the way I play these things is I go with my four outrights and then I bet them further down from there. I'll hit them on head to heads uh, possibly as well. Um, but uh, my first pick to place, I'm, I'm going with Colin Marikawa, top ten at plus two hundred. Uh, plus 220 according to Tipico Sportsbook odds. Um, besides Scotty Scheffler, um, who is clearly the number one golfer in the world right now, my opinion, Colin Marikawa is the best golfer. 
obviously like you can make an argument for a bunch of a bunch of quality names Rory being one Justin Thomas being the other but um, he's been top 10 in four majors since turning pro in 2019, uh, four top tens and seven career majors. He won the 2021 British open, won the 22 or the, excuse me, the 2020 PGA championship. And I mean, he doesn't really pop on my model <laughs> that much. He's actually down there in like the 35 range. So I'm kind of throwing away the numbers here and just going with an alpha on this course. So that's going to be my first pick to place. Uh, Nate, I'll go to you first here since you haven't gotten a lot of run this podcast. What are you looking at for your picks to place? Yeah, so we'll just piggyback off you. One of mine was uh, Marikawa top five. And it kind of goes back to partially like Riley was going into about the course. So before it was renovated, it was more tree-line course. They, they may have uh, cleaned some of that up. But one thing that really stuck out to me was Marikawa's uh, – driving accuracy he ranks 18th in the world in driving accuracy and then he's top 10 in strokes gained off the tee and approaching the green and as he said it's a long course it's one that's going to favor people that can get to positions where they can succeed and he's been top five in five tournaments this season so uh um i'll take him top five to win when the uh championship at plus 450 that's uh that would be one of my stronger plays and i like him as my outright guy at plus 2000 so yeah, I took a taste. He's the 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 I guess the guy at the best odds that I took a shot at here, um, and and he doesn't really do well in scrambling, at least according to the numbers. But the last shot he took was a uh, well, we, he hit a, a birdie out of the sand in, in the Masters, right? Yeah, and I feel like that type of confidence, like sure, he's played a, I think at least a couple rounds since or a couple uh, attorneys since, but I think that confidence just stays with you, like. Him and uh, who's the other one, Rory? I mean, they were they were celebrating. I think I think he'll be able to come in and have that confidence in this tourney. I mean, that guy is never missing any confidence. I go back. I go to the. You, you ever watch Moneyball where they're they're talking in the scout room and one of the scouts like this is the kind of guy that walks in the room and his dick has been there for five minutes. That's that's how I feel about Colin Marikawa. Like that's very true. He he's just he he's he expects victory, and you know I'm gonna bet on him and expect to cash a top ten. Uh, Riley, what are one of your picks to place here? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I immediately went to Rory for a top 10 at plus 210, uh, which I like just because there's actually a couple guys in front of him for odds, top 10, Jordan Spieth, whatever. He has actually longer longer odds to win outright, so you can get a little bit of value actually for Rory plus 210. And as a Rory fan, I know, I know you guys are a little – are you guys newer to golf in general also, not just golf betting? Uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. So Rory last year, so not like some high schooler type deal. Okay. Yeah. So Rory has this, uh, reputation of, uh, what's called backdooring top tens. So he's just never actually in contention to win the golf tournament, but he'll shoot like a 65 on Sunday. And all of a sudden the final leaderboard Rory would be like tied for seventh, but that works in the gambling world. So there's always that chance that, you know, he makes a cut on the number, plays okay on Saturday, and then just lights it up on Sunday, and all of a sudden he's in the top 10. So Rory plus 210, I really like. And I like him to win outright as well at 1,300, but Rory plus 210 for a top 10, I love it. I like that because I bet against Rory in a head-to-head, and he backdoor chopped me on some craziness in one of those tournaments. I, it might have been the Masters, right? He kind of came on late. I don't know, but one of those tournaments. I always kind of thought John Rahm, and of course this is very like – 
this is my recency bias. You know, I'm, I am newer to the golf, but I feel like he also back backdoors top twenties, um, or at least yeah, he, he has recently. Sometimes. Yeah, he does it sometimes for sure. Um, a player that I'm high on and I think should be like one of these guys included in, in the alpha pricing, but I'm taking Hideki Matsuyama as my second pick to place. I'm going to go top 20 at plus 125. I was all over him last week in the um, in the uh, Byron Nelson. And this is an expression used. It's kind of goofy. It's used for team sports, but it's like it, the expression is we didn't, we didn't lose. We ran out of time. If they played that tournament three more holes, Hideki Matsuyama wins last week. I'm almost happy that he didn't win just because it gives more value to him in this tournament, especially he was on the leaderboard with a bunch of huge names that people are also excited about. But he's going off at plus 125 to be top 20. Um, obviously not a huge payout, but I do think it's 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 a hacky thing to say, but I do think it is a lock. Um, and I like Matsuyama at plus 3,000 to win this thing as well. His, his weakness is obvious. Dude can't putt for shit. Everything else, though, he's he's lights out. Like, the putting didn't even matter at the Byron Nelson. He's putting it within five feet of the hole. I mean, it's it's expected that the winner is going to do something similar, I think, in this tournament, and he could definitely be one of those guys. So I, I, I love Hideki Matsuyama, top 20. He's top 10 in this field over the last 24 uh, rounds at a difficult 74-yard uh, or greater courses in uh, around the green approach, proximity, and opportunities gained. He's got 19 top 20s and 34 career majors. That's that was kind of crazy when I counted that up. Um, so I, I love Hideki Matsuyama top 20 here. Um, and Nate, do you have another pick to place in your on your bet slip? Yeah, so you're gonna you can come at me later for this one, but I've been I've been riding with Will Zalatoris lately, and. Uh, He's been paying me out. So I got him top 10 at plus 350. Uh, he's been very consistent over his last several tournaments. He missed the cut in the uh, Byron Nelson this last weekend. But before that, he had three top 10 straight top 10 finishes. He finished sixth in the Masters, fourth in the Zurich Classic, fifth in the World Golf Championships. And then even before that, tied for 26 at the Players, second in the Farmers, 26 in the Genesis. So he's been consistently top 30. He hasn't been missing the cut. So He's going to give himself a chance. And so he has some impressive numbers as well. He ranks second in strokes gained T to green and first in strokes gained approaching the green. So kind of, as you said earlier, like he has everything else except the putting. The putting's not theirs, or at least as you were insinuating with uh, Hideki. But um, so the, the, the putting isn't there. But if he can get hot or, as you said, if he can just place it within, I have, I have pretty good faith that he'll be able to uh, – able to hang around as he did with in the masters as well cool cool riley what else do you have for your picks a place uh bet slip uh next one's top 20 it actually might even turn into an another one for a top 10 because i like him so much is actually shane lowry major champion uh in his last five stroke play event starts he's finished second t13 t12 t3 which is the masters and t3 he was t4 at last year's pga this season on tour fourth in strokes and approach He's second in scrambling percentage, second in sand safe percentage. I think this golf course just fits him, excuse me, really well. And he's a great wind player. He can hit it really low. And if it picks up on Friday and Saturday, he's fantastic in the wind. So he's plus 140 for a top 20. Um, he is, sorry, I got to look it up. He is 
plus 300 for a top 10, which I think is great value for him. Uh, I love Shane Lowry this week. Yeah, he's on my honorable mentions. You might actually make my final bet slip here before tournament tees off. My one concern with him is around the green, but you nailed the other points. I mean, he's a, a fantastic win player, which could definitely be a, a, a um, could definitely be a factor in this tournament and, and, and incredible uh, sand um, the scrambler. So I, I like the Lowry pick. Um, I'm looking at him in a head-to-head versus Zalatoris and just one of the few ways I plan on fading Zalatoris. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> um, uh, my other top 20, and I have a, I have, a, I have a, two more top 20s, but one of them, Corey Connors, Canadian. He's top 16 in this field and um, sh- strokes gain trending, ball striking, um, approach. He's actually second ball striking and approach. Um, top 16 and uh, opportunities gained T to green and off the T he's pretty well-rounded. He's uh, I think he was top 20 and, and or 16th and um, and the masters. So he's, he's shown up in these tournaments. Um, I am skeptical of him actually making a run at this to win, you know, but I do like him as like a mid tier guy as someone who could win. I did take a stab at him at plus 6,000, uh, to win outright, but I, I I do like him a lot at top twenty. He's uh popped on my model as well and um as number seventh. So um I, I like Corey Connors top twenty. Any thoughts on that, Riley, or, or whatever uh your next pick is? We can just hear that as well. Yeah, no, Corey Connors, I like that. He's just got a really consistent game that kind of fits everywhere. Like he doesn't need to be a really good course fit anywhere just because he hits a lot of fairways and hits a lot of greens. Uh, if he can get the putter hot somehow, sometimes he lacks with the putter a little bit, but aside from that, his game is as good is just very, very consistent. Um, one name that I might, uh, bet to place that might surprise you a little bit just cause we haven't really seen him that often. And he's getting incredible value this week just because of that is actually Brooks Kapka. I think he's plus 4,000 a win. He's plus 170 for a top 20. His last four PGA championships tied for second T29 win, win the three previous years before that T13, T4, T5. The dude is just an absolute monster at the PGA. And then he also, I'm looking at the stat right now just because it is preposterous when you compare him to everybody else. It's his scoring in major championships t- since 2016. Brooks Kepka is 86 under. The next closest is DJ and Colin at 28 under. So oh. the dude murders major championships. The value at plus 170 for a top 20 for a guy like that is almost irresistible. So I'll probably take that. <laughs> Don't hate it. Nate, what else do you have in your picks to place? Yeah, so I have one more. You guys may roast it, you may not, but I have Harold Varner, uh, the third to place top 20 at plus 350. I was thinking he might be my one long shot. I might put a couple, like a dollar or two on at plus 10,000. So he's actually been playing really hot lately. He finished tied for sixth at the Players, tied for third at uh, RBC Heritage, tied for fourth at Zurich, 23rd at the Masters. So he's been playing pretty well. He doesn't have a great driver, but he makes that up around the green where he ranks 30th in strokes gained. And with this being a longer course, I kind of like that he's at least able to uh, get out there and hit his uh, irons pretty well. He also ranks 16th, according to uh, Data Golf, in the last six months in total strokes gained or true strokes, true strokes gained. So I don't know, plus 350 for a top 20 seems like a pretty good value. And after looking up some of the numbers, I kind of think I might uh, roll with it. So. Varner plus top 20 plus 350 is uh 
one of the plays I might take just to have some action on someone to uh, kind of be on the outside looking in. Right on. My last pick to place, I'm going Keegan Bradley, uh, top 20, a plus 300. He's 11th in my stat model, 5th in my mixed engine model, first in proximity at these long, tough courses. He's obviously played well in this event, four top 20s. He won in 2011, um, I believe as an amateur, actually, then was uh, T3 the next year um, in defending his his championship. But he's been he's been playing really well. Um he choked the Wells Fargo, obviously. Um, finished second, tied second, losing to Max Homa. Uh, eighth at the Valero, fifth at the Players, eleventh at the Arnold Palmer. Um, he does have a mixed cut, in, a missed cut in there, but I really like how he's how he's playing. Like his his approach game, his his game, uh, his um his iron play is 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 really good and. At this this fat price point, I'm going to take a stab at him top 20, and he's also uh, one of my picks to win and, and the longest um, shot that I have here on my card. But uh, what other picks to place do you have, Riley? Um, I probably got one more, and just like that one, it's kind of it's more long shot, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, Cam Young, plus 300 for a top 20. He's just playing really, really good golf. There's nothing. Sometimes you just got to take the hot hand. T2 at the Wells Fargo. T3 at the RBC Heritage in his last two starts. Um, of all the players in this field over the last 24, he's top 10 in stroke scene total. T to green, ball striking, off the tee. He's 20th and around the green, so his short game is really solid. I think for the season, I think he's in the top 10 driving distance off the tee, which, again, is going to be good at this long golf course. He's ninth um, rookie, but three runner-up finishes already this year. So oh, he's just knocking on the door. Um, I like I like Cameron Young for a top 20 plus 300. Yeah, my model loved him, but it loved him for the Masters as well. Um, and he, I think he missed the cut there and really disappointed me. And yeah. I probably should be betting him again because, you know, he's he, he obviously learned from the Masters and that being, his, I think, his first major, right? He's a rookie, so... Yeah, the the first uh, I think he played like a in a U.S. Open when he was like younger. When you can do it as an amateur or whatever. Right. Uh, but yeah, first first Masters being like your first major as like a PGA Tour member is just insanely difficult to do, especially at a golf course where you need the knowledge to kind of get around. That's why Tiger's so good at it. He could play that place blindfolded. For a rookie to go in there, it's not surprising he missed the cut, but with one major championship start underneath his belt now as a pro, I love that for him. I think this course fits his game really well. Um, so really like Cam Young. Yeah, Cam, Cam Young's popping on my models too. I don't hate that at all. Uh, do you have any other picks of place, uh, Nate? No, those were, uh, those were my three. All right, this will probably be quicker because I, I effectively talked about all my stuff already. But real quick, picks to win. Um, I have four here on my card. Like I already said, Colin Marikawa plus 2,000. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama plus 3,000. Corey Connors plus 6,000. And Keegan Bradley plus 9,000. I post a, a, a golf betting slip on, my, on a Twitter thread that I've been keeping up since the farmer. So I'll probably add a couple to it. But as of right now on the Bet Slipping Podcast, my official picks are those four guys. Uh, go to you first, Nate. Uh, who do you have in your um, – who you sprinkle on on here for picks to win? Yeah, so my picks to win will be Marikawa plus 2,000, and I might throw a little bit on Varner the third plus 10,000. Cool. Riley, what do you got on your uh, slip? Yeah, so I might I might add um, kind of a long shot maybe tomorrow before everybody tees off Thursday morning, but for now I'm probably going to stay – 
kind of in the favorites. Uh, Roy McIlroy at 1300 is going to be one of them. Shane Lowry at plus 3000 is going to be one of them. And then just for the value, his history at this golf tournament, I know it's different golf course every time, pretty much every time. So it's not like you have course history or whatever. Uh, but Brooks Kepka plus 4,000 with his pedigree and major championships is really hard to ignore. So Rory, Shane Lowry and Brooks are on my outright card right now. But then I have a few outrights that I'm looking at, but as of right now, those are the three. Yeah. Brooks is a guy like if he hits a 20 to 25 foot putt in the first round, like I'm just going to lie about him. Like, like that's all yeah, that guy needs. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. cause he, I mean, he's so elite at everything else. Um, all right, cool. So let's look at some other bets, um, maybe like props or nationality-based bets real quick. I have a couple here on my card. Um, my first one, I'm going with Will Zalatoris. actually missed the cut at plus 200. I'll talk about that in a second. Do you have any um, uh, props that you're looking at, Nate, um, either top golfer by nationality, head-to-head, or, or, or just something else uh, outside of picks to place or picks to win? Yeah, I didn't really look uh... – too far into those more so i've been ever since i've started golf ben i've been kind of hovering around the uh to place areas but uh yeah no i'm interested to see what you guys have to say about these cool yeah riley what do you got on uh whatever props just i guess take it from here on what other bets you like uh yeah so top nationality i like he's won me a lot of these just because it's not a lot of competition and for some reason people don't recognize that he just wins this category every time is uh top south american Joaquin Neiman, plus 140. He's just got to beat Johnny Vegas, Sebastian Munoz, and Mito Pereira. Love that. He's. I think I've cashed him on that same bet already like three or four times this year. So plus 140, I love that value for him. I actually thought he was going to be minus money, but I will take anything on him. Uh, looking at a couple more do just because I have to. I know. I see. Do you get encouraged by Joaquin Neiman kind of petering out at the end of uh the byron nelson just in the sense that he he played really good and then it was like a i don't know it was just like a free-for-all birdie fest that he kind of just like limped down the stretch but i mean you saw his game hit a certain level a championship level are you how do you how do you like what's your um reaction to last week's performance from neiman yeah the last week was kind of unique just because it really was such a birdie fest and the court that course stinks and it's so easy that the really good players all of a sudden don't have that advantage that they do at really hard golf courses if that right. makes any sense no, like if a low tier tour guy can make a bunch of birdies then there's no really like difference so as, as soon as a couple putts don't fall you get all these guys chasing up the leaderboard i'm really not worried about it especially he can make a bunch of birdies. He's a good putter. His short game is ridiculous. And he's he hits it really freaking low, which is going to be awesome in the wind. So for him to be plus value and all he has to do is beat three other guys, at, I don't want to call it a lock, but that'll be uh, that'll be one of my bigger ones. Right out lock. It's over. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, not, not even fading you, Nate, but I am taking Will Zalatoris to miss the cut at plus 200. I'm interested in getting your feedback on this one, though, Riley. So, uh, Will Zalatoris is on the PGA Tours Player Advisory Council, and I feel like he gets an abnormal amount of questions about this whole Phil Mickelson thing, and he's been in the news talking about it. I feel like it could be a distraction that could actually affect him or just just throw something else in the mix for him to think about, which is the last thing a golfer needs heading into a major is that a nothing point? I mean, you can be honest, dude. If if ever, everything I just said was stupid, just tell me. 
No, I don't. I, de- I don't think it's stupid. Um, during like, like pressers, it's definitely something they probably get annoyed about. Yeah. Will probably more than other guys. Like Rory is part of that same thing, and he's done this so many times that he just right. answers the question and leaves his mind immediately. He might get annoyed by it a little bit. I think. I think once he once he tees it up, I think it's it's out of mind, out of sight. Yeah, but, he's a pro. Uh, when it's happening, it's probably annoying as shit. I couldn't deal with it. I can't. It's my job to talk about Phil, and I'm over it. <laughs> I was over it months ago. <laughs> All right. Well, I have some golf-based logic behind uh, Will Zalatoris and missed the cut. Um, amongst the uh, players in the field, uh, and a few key categories over the last 24 rounds, freeway. Um, excuse me. Fairways gained. He's 130th out of 156. Short game, 117th out of. Uh, 156 and scrambling 120th out of 156. Obviously, you got to hit a fairway to set up your second shot, which he kills it on. Um, if you miss a little bit in the second shot, that brings a short game into play, which isn't very good for him. Uh, mostly a putting thing, but he's not that good around the green, and apparently he sucks at scrambling. So, Will Zalatoris is someone I bet on a lot um, recently. He's I love his game, but I feel like with this price point, this payout, um, it'd be a good, a good uh, chance to fade him. So that's what I'm looking at. That's the one, I guess, um, um, prop play that I have here. And I also have uh, Christian Bazenhut, top South African golfer, at plus 425. Um, he's neck and neck in my model with Louis Oosthuizen, but Oosthuizen hasn't played since March. I mean, he kill he kills it in the majors. Like if you have that. Yeah that major scoring average or uh, aggregate over the last two th- uh, last however many years, Brooks Kepka is number one. I'm sure Louis Oosthuizen might be top 10 on that list, right? He's killed it, but like, oh yeah, again, he hasn't played since March really. So what would he shoot like five shots at the masters and then withdrew? I don't know what form we're getting him in. And again, him and Bazenhut are, are, are neck and neck in my little, in my little model, but Bazenhut's better by scrambling, short game, and, and, and bogeys avoided. So if there's not much of a difference, I'll take the golfer that's trending in a better uh, a better direction. He just got a whole bunch of confidence from beating up the, the TPC Craig Ranch last week. And, yeah, he does better in those those three key stats, uh, three key categories. So plus 425 is a pretty steep payout. There are, like, five other South Africans in this mix. And, you know, golf is such a hard sport. Who knows? But neither one of them rank really well in my model. So I'm willing to 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 take a gamble here on Bazin, who plus 425 to beat the top South African golfer. Uh, what other bets do you have, um, props do you have on your, on your slip, Riley? Um, just because I don't know if I'm going to put them on the card anywhere else, I'm thinking maybe a top 20, obviously I'll sprinkle them out, right. Just because I have to, but with tiger, I do think he's going to make the cut. I know it's minus minus 150 to make the cut, but I do think he's going to make the weekend. So that'll be one of them. And then this is a little bit of a weird one, but I think we're so due for one. And this is a golf course, especially the 18th hole here is impossible. Um, I think only two players that have won um, major championships here have actually parred the last hole in the final round. Like it just produces bogey after bogey playing this that hole in the 18th. So I'm going to go. It's a little bit of a weird one. It won't be that big of a bet. But will there be a playoff? Yes, at plus 300. I think we're, we haven't had a playoff in a major in a while. We're due for one. And I just think the closing stretch of this golf course may have a leader make a late bogey or two. 
bring them back down to the pack. So plus 300 for will there be a playoff? Yes. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Um, I, we ready to go. I love golf betting for what it's worth. Will there, will the last two remain tied? That's sick. Yeah, like that's yeah. a bet I've never even like conceived of or thought of, but now I'm going to think about it every other tournament. Like, well, wait yeah, a second. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I, 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 I love the golf betting markets. It's it's so much fun betting golf. Um, but as you know, Nate, we um, we like to wrap these podcasts up with our, our best bets in a segment we like to call Going to the Window. So let's head to the window and give out our best bets. The Bet Slipping Podcast. Go into the window. All right, Riley, since you're our esteemed guest, I'll let you give out your best bets first. Um, obviously, it's mostly recap and stuff that we already talked about, unless you have something else you've been saving in the, the holster. Yeah, so, yeah, my two, I'm going to just go two, two of my best bets for sure. Um, and I already talked about both of them. Shane Lowry, top 20 for plus 140. It's just, I went over everything already. His short game is spectacular. Great iron player, great in the wind. He's a major champion. Um, love Shane Lowry this week, plus 140 for a top 20. And then my other one is Joaquin Neiman, top South uh, American for plus. I think that's also actually plus 140. So those are going to be, those are my two uh, best bets for the week for sure. All right, cool. Uh, Nate, what do you got going on? Yeah, so my three best bets are Colin Marikawa, top five at plus 450. Will Zalatoris, top 10 at plus 350. And then Barner the third, top 20 at plus 350. All right, yeah, my best bets. I'm going Colin Marikawa, top 10, plus 220. I'm going Hideki Matsuyama, top 20, plus 125. Corey Connors, top 20, plus 240. And I'll go with a longer shot. I'll go Christian Bazenhut. Probably messing it up. Christian Bazenhut, top South African, plus 425. This has been a, a hell of a lot of fun uh, handicapping this with you, Riley. I really appreciate you stopping by. Um, I know we're network network colleagues, and I should um, know more of what you're doing, but why don't you plug the audience or tell the audience what you got going on um, at Golf Week or just generally speaking where they can follow you and catch your stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I write for Golf Week. I do a bunch of betting stuff for them. Uh, release like three or four things a week. Usually comes out on Tuesdays. Um, Twitter at Riley Hamill underscore. And then my podcast, Twilight Nine, I do with Annie Nesbitt, who is for the win. If anybody is uh, up on our full company outreach or whatever, <laughs> really funny guy. Um, we just shoot the shit, talk about golf, have a good time on Tuesdays. It's a lot of fun. So check it out. Twilight Nine uh, Golf Week. Uh, golf podcast. Thanks, Riley, for coming on. Nate, do you have anything else to say to these people? Nope. Thank you. Win some money. All right. Best of luck, homies. Peace. This is the Bet Slipping Podcast featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. 